When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats, and we have a great guest about to join me, Stud pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, Logan Gilbert, is joining me in just a second. I'm so excited for you all to hear this interview. He has propelled himself from really not a big high school prospect to a guy on the verge of potentially being an all-star here in LA in just a couple of weeks. So we're going to talk to him a lot about that. He's also a really unique guy in the way he goes about his business on the pitcher's mound. So you'll hear a lot about that as well. But Let's welcome him in now, Seattle Mariners pitcher, Logan Gilbert. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Of course. So, hey, I want to go back a little bit to your college days. And you ultimately went to Stetson University, where some absolute studs have gone to pitch. What went into that decision for you? Was it an easy decision? Were there bigger offers elsewhere? Or is that always where you wanted to go because it was close to home for you? Yeah. So for me, I was kind of a late bloomer out of high school and didn't have a ton of offers, honestly. Um, And they have a good baseball track record at Stetson and it was close to my home and all that stuff. Good academics. So for me, I didn't have a ton of offers or choices. And also it was just a great place to play. And they did end up giving me an offer my senior year. So I just I took it and I ran with it. The Hatters, baby. Um, Did you did you. um, So. Most notably, uh, Jacob deGrom and Corey Kluber went there. Are those guys ever back? Have you ever spoken to them? Have they come back on campus when you were there and gotten to pick their brain at all? Um, I've seen uh, Jacob there before a couple times. I haven't met Corey yet, um, but I threw bullpens up there in the offseason, and I saw Jake a little bit and got to watch him up close and kind of just try to pick a pick up something here or there. <laughs> Anything you can pick up from that guy is probably probably yeah, a good idea. Doing something right. So, <laughs> um, hey, I saw this this quote from your college coach, and I, I wanted to say it not only for you to hear. I'm sure you've heard it, but for everybody listening, this is really cool. And I want to w- when you hear this, let me know what it makes you feel because it's pretty cool. Your college coach, who has been there for a while, said, "I've coached maybe 900 kids over 29 years." But Logan is the most genuine, down-to-earth, fierce competitor that has no ego I have ever been around. He's just the most wonderful human being you'll ever meet. This is a guy who has done everything right in his life, off the field, in the classroom, and as a person. How cool is that to hear? That's pretty high praise. Yeah, that is. That's really nice. Um, And it's crazy because, you know, we spend so much time on the game, and it's so important. But I try to, you know, I'm not perfect. I think he probably oversold me a little bit, but <laughs> I'll take it. And I try to do things right off the field and just be a good person. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's the stuff that matters. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, man. Um, so you end up getting drafted out of Stetson first round, 14th overall. Talk a little bit about draft day because I know for myself, obviously wasn't a first rounder, but it's a day I will never, ever forget. It's a special day. Talk a little bit about what draft day was like for you. It was awesome. It was crazy. You know, so many emotions go into it um, and so many great people around me. I When I got drafted, I was actually in the locker room at Stetson. We had a little watch party and it was just so special because all of my coaches and teammates were there with me that helped me get to that point. And then, of course, my family, my now fiance. So everybody that cared about me so much and helped me get to that point were right there with me and finally heard my name called. And it was just a dream come true. That's so cool, man. Do you have like, so you end up getting drafted and playing pretty quickly. You scoot through the minor leagues fairly quickly, but do you ever, do you have like a minor league grind story? Cause I, I will forever remember I was playing college baseball, which as you know, is like the time of your life. It's a family camaraderie sort of environment. I get drafted from ODU and I go to play in short season and I have a million like grinding stories, but my first game, my first road trip was in Vermont against the Vermont Lake Monsters. And I show up, I'm like, great, I'm playing professional baseball. And I step into this locker room that the floor is dirt. So you're like dirtier after you step out of the shower. It's like a little shack in the outfield. So along the way, were you ever like, oh boy, this is professional baseball. This is going to be a grind, baby. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is a little bit of a wake up call. Um, I think, you know, some of those overnight trips where you're busting 10 hours, getting to the next (laughs) place and, you know, you get there and you have a peanut butter jelly sandwich and all that kind of stuff. Um, All the stories you hear, they're true. But at the same time, I love it. Um, There's just something about it, something about um, kind of the grittiness of it that um, it's uh, some of the best players in the world, but not always the best situation. But you find a way to make the most of it. I always say the exact same thing. It is a grind, unlike you can explain, but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat because of the people you meet, the friends you do it with. It's really cool. Um, so I I was out of baseball by by 2020, by, by the COVID year. But your 2019 season, you basically hit every level and, and scooted through the organization. 2020 would have typically been your AAA season for the most part. But you didn't end up playing that year. The minor league season didn't exist. What was that 2020 season like for you? Uh, it was it was a weird one. Um, we were all kind of trying to figure it out on the run because it's never happened before. And, you know, losing a whole season is not easy. But um, we made the most of it. I went to the alt site in uh, Tacoma where the AAA is. And um, we played scrimmage games. We tried to make it work and get as many reps as possible. But... Um, it was it was a little bit strange, but at the same time, it was it was a good chance to de- develop. I think in a way that um, some some of the real competition might not yeah. let you take some of those risks or develop a new pitch or something like that. So I think there was a lot of good to it as well. Did you develop a new pitch? Did you did you work on anything that you use now? Um, I honestly I tinkered with a lot and tried a ton of things, <laughs> and I used them and then scrapped them and then changed it. So. Um, I don't know if I'm using anything that I tried out, but it kind of led me to where I'm at now. So still thankful for it. Did you play? So obviously it wasn't a normal season. Did you play winter ball in that off season or anything? Or was it just you went to the alt site, season ends, get ready for 2021? Yeah, basically just no winter Jeez. ball or anything. Just get ready. Um, I think I probably had, 
you know, maybe 25 innings or something um, at the alt site. So <laughs> even then, not a ton, but we were trying to make do. You ramped it up pretty quick that next year, I think. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, hey, so I, I want to talk a little bit before we move on to to the big leagues. And in, in 2018, um, there's been a few articles written, and you've talked a little bit about something that you guys started in the Mariners organization, the truth meetings. And I, I want to talk to you and pick your brain about that because it seems like it was something that really shaped who you are now, the pitcher that you are, and and help progress you in your career. So first off, I guess, what what were these truth meetings and how did they come about? Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of credit just goes to the organization here. Um, that's something that they preach and stand by and um, all the coaches through the system roll with it and they've given me the truth and told me what I need to work on, what works and what doesn't. And it just lets you know, where you stand. You don't really have to guess anymore if um, what you're doing is what you need to be doing. Um, so then with that, um, it kind of goes into the players as well. And one of the players here, Cal Raleigh, one of my best friends, um, we, we kind of had one of those truth meetings, I guess, in high A. And um, it kind of got blown up into more than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, we, we, I wouldn't say got into it, but we let each other know what we were thinking about a particular meeting, I think it was some scouting report or something that led into a whole other argument, not argument, but conversation where <laughs> you can um, say argument. It, yeah, it might've been, <laughs> we, we just got to know each other pretty well and what the other person <laughs> was thinking. And, um, at the end of it, you know, we're even better for it. Um, he, you know, got to know what I was thinking and, um, vice versa. So, uh, yeah, you do have to kind of put your ego aside and, listen to what the other person has to say, but at the end of the day, it makes you better for it. How, how did that meeting impact you moving forward? Um, I think it's just when you figure that out about the other person that they care about you enough that they'll tell you exactly what you need to hear. Then, you know, you're ready to go to battle with that guy that he's on your side. He wants the best for you, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you never have to wonder about that. You too. You guys live together now. Do you have like truth meetings in other ways? Like Logan, I've been really meaning to talk to you and you need to do the dishes more. It's getting out of control. He would probably be the one telling me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a great roommate, good guy to have around. Um, every once in a while. Yeah. He'll, he'll probably let me know that. I'm doing <laughs> doing that so, um, but yeah, he's a good guy, a uh, good roommate. So how does, how does that work? I feel like I have a million questions here. As a guy with a girlfriend, you have a fiance. You're living with another guy in the big leagues. Matt Brash was there at one point. I don't know if he still is, but how does that work? And does your fiance ever get pissed off at the living situation? Um, it's funny. She actually just left a couple hours ago. She was here <laughs> for like a week. Um, but no, she she loves it. Got along great with the guys. Um, her and Cal and Tremel's in there now. They were probably talking more than they were talking to me. So I think they all became best friends and I was just kind of sitting around <laughs> listening. So uh, it, it all went great. Yeah, she loves it. I love Tramel. What a stud. That, that guy's a, a really good human being as well. Yeah, great guy. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your preparation because I've heard a lot about the way that you prepare for starts and it's very meticulous. Um is that true? And, and so how do you prepare and go about your business to get ready to pitch? 
yeah, I would like to think so. Um, and I'll give a ton of credit to the catchers. Um, they do most of the homework and scouting reports and all that stuff that makes my job easy, whether it be mm-hmm. Cal, Murph, Louie. Um, they let me know exactly what they know about the other team. And I've kind of gotten to a point where I think it's the most helpful for me personally that I know myself really well and what gets me ready and what I need to do um, to execute, to put my plan into place. Um, I, I like to pitch off myself more than adjusting yeah. to somebody else's weaknesses. Um, so I go into the meeting, the catcher immediately lets me know what we're doing as far as the other team goes. And then I tell him what we're doing, how I feel, what I need to say each time to get me ready to go out there. Is it all just like preparation or are you also superstitious along the way? Are you like doing everything the same on start days? I try not to be superstitious. I, I know you can get tied up. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a tough hole to go down. So I try to stay away from it. Um, it's just a lot of preparation. I think, you know, there's no way getting around it. It's the work I do every single day, the same stuff every week, trying to put my body in the right place to play every fifth day. It is a nightmare of a hole to go down for sure. I remember there was a year I was struggling in the minor. Well, there were a lot of years, but there was a time I was struggling in the minors and was like 0 for 8 or something. And then next day I woke up and went to Chipotle and got like three hits that day. And then over the, I went on like a seven game hitting streak. I ate Chipotle, I feel like 10 times in the course of a week. And it is. It's so easy to yeah. go down the path of superstition. And it's just a baseball player thing. You're playing 162 games and basically 180 days. And it's like, okay, I'm either going to do well or not. What, did, what am I doing if I do do it well? And then you don't want to divert it just in case that's what it was that made you do well. Right. I've been, I've been on both sides of it. So I've been that guy before I've tried to stay away from it. And, um, yeah, like you said, if something's working, sometimes it's hard not to go back to it. So take me through a typical start day for you. I believe your next start is going to be against the angels. I don't know how it's not. Y'all play like 20 games against them in a four day span. So you're, you're probably going to pitch against them. So it's your start day. What does, what does your day look like from, you know, don't, you know, after you, you brush your teeth and all that stuff, what does it look like from when you, when you wake up to getting on the mound? Um, I try to sleep as late as possible. Um, I really put a priority on that. And also I don't like just sitting around thinking about pitching or anything and the games are so late anyways that you just sit around wondering about what's going to happen so I try to distract myself just watch a movie take a nap all that kind of stuff and when I show up to the field I try to treat it like any other day um, until it's time to actually get ready do all my prep um, the meetings that we go into and then just get ready to pitch so we got to talk now about your alter ego that I've heard a lot about Um, at what point does that come out? At what point does your alter ego come out? Oh boy. Um, I, I don't know. It just kind of happens, I guess. Um, it's funny that it's, uh, I didn't think it, it would take off like it has, I guess, but, um, now people seem <laughs> to ask me about it. Um, I guess probably when we go into the meetings, it probably starts a little bit. And then once I actually get everything on and go out there, um, I think I naturally just, kind of get locked in and um, kind of turn off who I am and kind of turn on the, the other side, the more competitive side. It's it's Walter, correct? Where did that come yeah. from? Uh, it started as a joke in college, honestly. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. Somebody just asked me, like, 
I don't know, a, a name or whatever it was, I was telling them, you know, as most pitchers do or players, you you kind of get more competitive, locked in, it's your start yeah. day, all, all that kind of stuff's just normal. But then it became like a person somehow. So then <laughs> without even thinking, I, I just said, Walter, I don't know where it came from, but somehow it stuck and it, it went from, I think we were eating lunch in like a mall on a road trip mm-hmm. in college. And now here we are in the big leagues and now it somehow stayed with me. So, um, but it's, it's doing all right. So I'm keeping it. It's funny. You know, I had one of my first guests on this show is Tyler glass now and a, a very nice guy, but he said his thing is he needed to like think about pharma bro, like, and, and really like fire himself up and get himself angry and because that's that's the only way he could pitch was angry. So he needed to focus on something that made him furious. And then he was able to go out there and pitch the way he needed to to pitch. Is that kind of the thought process behind it? Like obviously, based off of talking to you now and your college coach, like you're a great dude and you're a really nice guy. And did you need something to get into a state where you needed to be angry? Are you trying to pitch angry? Yeah. Um I would say so. I think that's a pretty good way to describe it, honestly. Um, I Yeah, to get the best out of myself, I have to – I don't know if it's angry or just, like, ultra competitive. Um, sometimes I'll go in the tunnel and just kind of, like, try to find a way to fire myself up. And I'm sure it looks weird to a lot of guys around here that have said stuff that have seen me. But um, <laughs> I, I have to find a way to get an edge to, to get angry, I guess. Like you said, it works. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Has has your alter ego, has Walter ever come out outside of the field ever once? Uh, Some people joke around that they see it. Not not (laughs) about it on the baseball field. They'll let me know when they see it, but honestly, not much. It's something that baseball, I guess, gets it out of me. I, I know baseball and the locker room culture i'm sure if you ever give an attitude to somebody somebody's gonna say okay walter pump the brakes exactly pump the brakes um so you're um after after that 2020 break you pitch in 2021 for a, a game in AAA. I think you had one start and then end up getting called to the big leagues and i love asking guys this um and it's something that i always do because it was a dream of mine. And I came one phone call away. I got to the point where it was this call away. So I like asking guys what that moment was like and, and, and how it came to be. So after your one start, you get the call to the major leagues. What was that process like? Um, Oh man, it was crazy. I honestly wasn't expecting it at that time. For some reason, it just caught me off guard. I got the phone call and I kind of figured out what was going to happen. And, um, it all just kind of hit me right there. And I just got off the phone with my parents and I remember I called them right back afterwards. So <laughs> was a little suspicious and asked them if they could make it to my next start. And they're just like, where's it going to be? Kind of knowing that it wasn't Tacoma. It was going to be in Seattle. <laughs> so it was amazing. Honestly, I, I can't even put it into words what it feels like. So you say it caught you off guard. What? Just because it was after one start in AAA? 
Right. Yeah. I figured if I went there, it might've been for um, a few starts or something like that, but just one and happened to work out. Did your parents make it to that next start? They made it out. Yeah. Where was it? Was it in Seattle? It was in Seattle. Yeah. How cool was like, how awesome was that day? I know it's hard to say, you know, like it was great, but I mean, were there nerves involved? Obviously, like what was that day like for you of your first big league start? Yeah, it was awesome. I remember I go back to when I was drafted in 18 and I came up here and got to sign and see the field and um, Mm -hmm. come to the game and kind of think about myself out there in a couple of years. And then I got here and everything kind of hit me that um, it's happening. I made it the team that drafted me. I'm now on the big league field and um, just got to take it in for a moment. It was really special. Have you had a moment since you've been up there that sticks out as like, Oh boy, you're in the big leagues now, Logan. Like a, a big league moment that really got to you. Um, I think one of the coolest things for me, I somehow grew up a Yankees fan in Florida mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> went, to some, went to some games when I was younger at Yankee Stadium. And I remember going there last year that um, I remember where I was sitting and all that stuff and kind of looked up there and I was down on the field and um, throwing my pen, doing all my stuff. But then it just kind of hit me for some reason. I'm I felt like I was that same kid looking at the field, but now I'm on it. So it was really cool. That's so cool, man. Um, that's really cool. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll ask about this, another historical stadium. Cause I've asked, uh, I asked Ty France about this recently when he was on, cause it became like a big story that Julio Rodriguez went out into the monster, signed it, but like signed it wrong. So I yeah. asked Ty if he had been out there to sign it. So I'm assuming you went out and signed in the green monster. I did. Yeah. Did you sign next to anybody cool? Um, no, I, well, I don't know exactly. Nothing stuck out. There are so many names. That's the thing that hits me when you get back there that I could barely even find room to write. (laughs) Um, I did see somehow Babe Ruth, but I don't know if that was actually him or somebody else that just went in there and signed it. So, um, I'll at least allow myself to think that because it's pretty cool. I, I feel like I saw it. I feel like I saw a video. It might have been of Julio going out there to sign. And it was like near Babe Ruth. But Babe was like really big and it was pretty yeah. clear. I'm like, if Babe Ruth signed on this wall, I feel like it's going to be very faint and like somewhere that you can't really see it. But Probably not yeah. fresh Sharpie or anything like that. Not fresh. But I don't want to ruin it for you. You probably saw <laughs> Babe Ruth's signature in right. the flesh. <laughs> I'll take that too. So I need to – I want to ask you about one of your teammates uh, that – so I want to ask about Julio Rodriguez. And first I want to ask, because when I did have Ty France on, I asked him about signing in the monster and then asked about Julio. And he said, his quote was, you can come babysit Julio. So what, what was the meaning behind that? Is it just that he's so young and energetic or is he just off the walls crazy? Um, both. No, I, I wouldn't say he's crazy. He's he's not. Honestly, he's one of the best people I've met here or just in general. He's an awesome guy. Um, and yes, he's super young, as everybody knows. So um, to do what he's doing right now is just insane being at that age. But um, I guess, yeah, Ty, Ty probably got to babysit for a little bit because he's so much younger. <laughs> so is Julio, I mean, is he like pulling pranks on you guys is the young guy like trying to annoy everybody or is he like the younger brother of the team i feel like uh he'll keep you on your toes a little bit shout um, out to the younger brothers yeah i think he's just he's got so much energy naturally that's how he is that i don't think he's ever had a bad day he always has a smile on his face um just a great guy to be around and hang out with so 
Um, yeah, he's the guy, especially in the middle of a long season or something like that. He's the guy For you sure. want in the locker room because he'll keep you going. So you've played with him at multiple levels now, and I, I've I've kind of declared him not declared him, but compared him to. You know, he's a super prospect if there ever was one. And I, I believe he could be to the Mariners what a Tatis is to the Padres, what a Acuna is to the Braves. Just talk about the talent that he has and being able to see him now at multiple levels, just when you knew how good this guy really is. Yeah, um, I saw him all the way back in Loa. We played together and kind of made our way up together somewhat um and like you said super prospect all that stuff and i think it's more even more impressive that he's i would say exceeding expectations right now which is hard to do because everybody knew he was going to be one of the best in the league um and he's doing some incredible things right now so to see him from low a where i knew he was going to be a star but i remember coming in in spring training this year and he made like some crazy adjustments that I did not expect, I did not know he was as fast as he is now. He's one of the fastest in the league. His plate discipline has gotten so much better. Um, not chasing pitches, all that stuff. I mean, I saw him way back in low A, so it's quite different. But um, he's just, every part of the game, he's got it. Yeah, incredible. Um, so let's move on and talk about this year for you. Um, last year, I don't even want to say, you struggled. It was your first year in the big leagues and you had a four something ERA, but it was really the first time I feel like in your life you had an ERA that was like not two or under. <laughs> so this year you're killing it and you're having an awesome year and it's so much fun to watch you pitch. What are some adjustments you made from last year to this year where you're having the success that you are? I think um, as far as my pitches go, I, I tried to tighten up some of my pitches and um, throw them harder. So my slider, I'm throwing a little bit harder and tighter action. And one of the main things this off season was just getting my off speed in the zone and um, getting the command a little bit better. And now able to use three or four pitches on any given night. Um, it's really helped me out. But I think one of the main things mentally, I'm, I'm trying just to treat it like normal. I think last year I, I kind of thought things would be different. I was kind of yeah. playing it up in my mind and don't get me wrong. Everybody's a lot better up here, but, um, I think if you tell yourself it's different, if you treat it like it's different, then um, you're, you're not helping yourself out at, at the very beginning, right from the jump. So I think mentally I'm in a better place right now. I, I talk about all the time how mentally grueling the game of baseball is and you can psych yourself out. Uh, talent aside, it, the mentality of the game of baseball can just change everything. And it certainly sounds like um, it played a factor last year. This year, and and you've talked a lot about uh, tunneling and tunneling your pitches and stuff. And as a batter, um, that's miserable because you don't really – everything looks the same. So yeah. how, do, how do you – and this is getting a little into pitching, but how do you work on that? How do you focus on tunneling your pitches? Is it basically just trying to repeat the exact arm slot or do you put more effort into it than that? That's a huge part of it. And I like to keep things as simple as possible. I think that helps me out a lot. So what you said, spot on, I try to treat everything like a fastball. That's something I got away from a little bit last year, but the same arm slot, the same arm action, release point, everything. I want it coming out the exact same way. And I want the hitter to see it as long as possible as a fastball and hopefully at the last second, it turns into something else. Do you use, in college, you were a great student, Dean's List, business analytics degree. Do you use 
that degree, the analytics, do you look deep into that to help you pitch today? Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I like to find the right balance of it. I think you can go a little bit too far on either side of the spectrum. So in terms of um, like using analytics, right. So some of the metrics and all that stuff on, on pitch data, and I've been on both sides and I think I'm in a good spot right now where I know what to look for and what helps me as far as the movement, the, the spin rate, the action, the spin direction. Um, and I can quickly check to make sure I'm in a good spot. And then from then on, that's just about all I need to look at. So this year is, is going awesome and you're throwing so well. And I, I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but there's a potential. You could be an all-star this year. How, how much would that mean to you? Like, Did you ever dream of, as a kid, being a big league all-star one day? Um, it would be crazy. Um, I think as a kid, I, you just kind of dream of being a big leaguer and that's kind of it. That's crazy enough in itself. So, um, to be at at least in the possibility, it's, it's a huge honor and, um, things are going well. So I'm very grateful for that. And I, I know I don't want to get ahead of myself, so just take it one start at a time. But right now, um, I'd say things are in a pretty good place. All right. So I have a couple fun questions for you. Before we finish up, and I like to ask guys these before we wrap up the conversation, the first of which would be, in your career, who has been the toughest out for you? Oh, Oh, the toughest out? Um, I think think Jose Altuve is a pretty tough out. Um, We usually have good at-bats, and um, yeah, I I think he's a tough guy to get out. He, He... Tracks pitches pretty well, lays off stuff, so it's a tough one. Taking T-Mobile out of it, so your your home stadium isn't allowed here. What is your favorite stadium that you have that you've played in that you've visited? Uh, just recently going to Boston was probably one of the coolest, just for the history of it, all that stuff. My first time playing there is probably the coolest one. I can't like I I also I always think like spread has to be involved here being around the city what what is the spread like it i know at yankee stadium because i'm surprised you didn't go yankee stadium because you talked about (laughs) i know yankee stadium has the best spread though right they do (laughs) yeah no it might have been a little recency bias or something i don't know the uh boston has the chowder that they're famous for but um i don't really like chowder so uh it was more about the stadium for me but the spread i'll give it to the yankees all right so you've now been in the big leagues for for over a year and gotten to pitch a lot start a lot of big league games i'm sure there's a lot of nerves involved there but last year in october you proposed to your now fiance you guys are going to get married soon congratulations on that so my question would be were you more nervous proposing to your now fiance or for one of your starts in the big leagues oh man that's that's a good question honestly I might have been more nervous proposing. Um, and it's funny because I didn't think I would be, and it didn't hit me until the last second. <laughs> and then it all hit me. And I was trying to just get my words out. Where baseball, you know, it's what we do. You practice it. You're used to it. Right. Yeah, you do get nervous for it, of course. But you know that this is what you're used to doing. I am not used to giving a speech about proposing <laughs> or anything like that. Did you, did you mumble? Did you black out? Did you mumble through your words? I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right. If you could take one pitch from anybody else in the big leagues, but you got to get rid of yours. Okay. 
what what would that pitch be and who would you take it from? Um, for some reason right now, I just thought of uh, Montas's splitter, uh, pretty unhittable. Uh, and I don't have a splitter, so I don't know if that's a loop <laughs> of anything, but I, I'd like to add it to the mix. That's It's crazy uh, what he can do with that pitch. I feel like that's kind of a loophole. I, I feel yeah. like they're like you don't even have one. So. I'll trade it for the changeup. How about that? Okay, that counts. You'll you'll yeah. turn it into like a split change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that counts. Um, Logan, you've had like it's been truly an awesome journey. And as a as a kid from Florida that didn't grow up the most prized prospect in the world and didn't go to a big school and turn yourself into. Uh, a first round draft pick and propel yourself through the minor leagues and now a big leaguer having an awesome career. One, I couldn't be more pumped for you. But two, talk for a minute just to to people growing up, playing the game of baseball, to to kids in high school and college, what would be some words that you would share with them on how to go through their baseball career and how to become a big leaguer? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. And um, I think... The main thing I would say probably, and I heard this from somebody else, is uh, success is not a straight line. So we always want it to happen the way we want it to, when we want it to. There's going to be so many ups and downs, and it's going to look like somebody else is getting ahead of you. You wish you were where they were. I would just say try to focus on developing every single day to get a little bit better. It's something we talk about here all the time, getting 1% better. But um, just to know that it doesn't have to go perfect the entire time. Um, and it's a, such a long journey that if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Eventually you can get there. That's awesome, man. Well, I just wanted to thank you for joining me. This has been a blast and I mean this, it has truly been a blast to watch you pitch. I'm a big fan, but I've become even more of a fan of the person you are off the field and it's pretty awesome to watch. So good luck the rest of the way. I hope you become an all-star. You'll be right here in LA if so. So hopefully I can see you here in just a few weeks, but good luck the rest of the way, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Come back on anytime. For sure. Thank you. All right, I just wanted to thank Logan Gilbert for joining me. What an awesome dude. I am a big fan of his for sure, and certainly a big fan of his work on the field. But what I learned today is just don't cross Walter. You don't want to do it. But thanks again for joining me. That was a blast. Thank you all for listening. This has been a really fun interview. I hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you download, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, Flippin' Bats Pod, Apple, Spotify, Google, any of that stuff. We're also on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of those. I appreciate you all listening, and I will see you next time on Flippin' Bats. Peace.